a word in scripture. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? I like that the Gospel of John refers to Jesus' miracles as signs. The other Gospels don't do that. A sign, something that <clears throat> tells us something important or points us to something even more significant than the sign itself. Back in the, <clears throat> I think it was the 50s or 60s, somebody wrote this about today's scripture passage. God can make you a new personality with a quite different nature and a heart of flesh, warm and sensitive, shrinking from evil as from intolerable pain that feels and is hurt by others' sufferings and is responsive to God's touch. <clears throat> today, I think that's the heart of today's scripture passage, a new way of being that God can give us, a new way of thinking and relating to the world. I think the phrase born again gets a bad rap because you think of those really hardcore evangelical types that want to beat you over the head with their religion and tell you that you're doomed if you don't have the same one that they do. <clears throat> but for Jesus, I think it's a different kind of thing. It's a curious conversation that he has with Nicodemus. This guy, Nicodemus, is one of the Pharisees, Jewish religious leaders. And sometimes in the Gospels, we see Jesus at odds with those guys. But Nicodemus is different. He comes to Jesus with sincerity, trying to find out who this Jesus is really, what he's about. But he's torn between two ways of thinking, the old and the new. After all, he is curious about Jesus. He wants to have a conversation with him. But he comes to Jesus at night, the night, darkness, uncertainty, <clears throat> symbolized there in, in the gospel, so that what he's doing won't be discovered by some of the others. He's seeking firsthand experience with Jesus because even though he knows that Jesus is doing something unprecedented, something special, he doesn't fully understand Jesus. And who can blame him? We have the benefit of 2,000 years of Christian history, but imagine those first witnesses to Jesus. Even his own inner circle of followers didn't always get him. And Nicodemus isn't fully ready to receive his testimony. And maybe sometimes we aren't either. <clears throat> And that's another issue, I think, that's at the heart of today's scripture passage, trusting 
without fully knowing, because that's what Jesus asks Nicodemus to do. Nicodemus knows that Jesus is special. He says to Jesus, truly you've come from God because nobody but God could have equipped you to do these things that we've seen you do. And Nicodemus uses the first person plural. He doesn't say, I know you're a teacher that has come from God. He says, we know. So presumably he's speaking on behalf of some other people in his religious sect. Um, And instead of saying, yeah, Nicodemus, let me tell you a little more about that, Jesus shifts the conversation and he tells Nicodemus something that really confuses him. He says a person has to be born from above or born anew. Now, I will confess, I can't read the biblical Greek. I didn't take it in seminary. But the research that I discovered said that in the Greek, the word that's translated born again also means born anew. It has a double meaning that has no equivalent in English or Hebrew. So if you read your Bible, sometimes if it says born from above, there'll be a footnote that says or born again or vice versa. And Nicodemus is so literal-minded that he asks how a person can be born again. And of course, Jesus is speaking of a spiritual rebirth that happens after our physical birth. The birth of God giving us a new attitude, a new disposition, a new way of being in the world, and that can happen day after day. It's not a one-time event. It's one where we have increased compassion for ourselves and for others, where we want to discern God's will for our lives, where we want to treat others in a way that shows that we are Christians in more than just name, where we want to live as the disciples that God calls us to be. Jesus is talking about being refreshed by the Spirit of God. And in the Greek and the Hebrew, the words for spirit and for wind are the same. It can refresh us and make us new each day, but we have to be willing participants because God never forces anything upon us. And what are some ways that we can do that? Well, it's probably the stuff that we all do. Prayer, uh, reading the Bible, at least the useful passages, because we know there's stuff in there that's not. Uh, Other spiritual or devotional readings. Engaging in fellowship with people here at church and outside of our community. And reflecting on how what we believe can shape, really inform the way we live day after day. So then Jesus tells Nicodemus, that the Spirit of God is kind of like the wind. We can sense it, we know it's there, we can notice it, but we can't always predict where it's going to go or what it's going to do. Jesus is asking Nicodemus to trust without fully knowing, to accept without fully understanding, and that's something that I have trouble with sometimes with certain things in my life, and we probably all have. We know that God is good, but when we don't know much more than that, Are we willing at times to let that be enough when we're going through something difficult or someone we love is? It's easier said than done. People have been struggling with that for millennia, and the Bible's full of it. A long time ago in the 14th century, an anonymous English writer, who was probably a priest or a monk, wrote a a wonderful work of Christian mysticism. It's a short book. It remains very fresh and inspiring to this day. It's called The Cloud of Unknowing. And this is probably a priest or a monk providing counsel to someone who has newly taken on the life of a monk. And he says, to be patient with oneself 
and trust in God without thinking you have to have all the answers. He writes this, so diligently persevere until you feel joy in it. In the beginning, it is usual to feel nothing but a kind of darkness about your mind, or as it were, a cloud of unknowing. You will seem to know nothing and feel nothing but a bare intent toward God in the depths of your being. Try as you might, this darkness will remain between you and your God. You will feel frustrated for you'll be unable to grasp him and your heart will not relish the delight of his love, but learn to be at home in this darkness. Return to it as often as you can, letting your spirit cry out to God whom you love. And, he, and then he goes on to say, if you strive to fix your love on God, forgetting all else, which is the work of contemplation that I have urged you to begin, I am confident that God in his goodness will bring you to a deep experience of himself. And he also says that this experience of faith in God's goodness is a gift from God, but it's our responsibility to nurture it. And so you might say that Jesus practically leads Nicodemus into a sort of cloud of unknowing, and Nicodemus is frustrated. Jesus tells him about being born of water and the spirit. So the water, as it were, of physical birth and the spirit of God. And the writer of, of John is doing something kind of clever there because those remarks kind of echo the beginning of the book of Genesis where it says that a wind from God swept over the waters. And so just as at the beginning of that creation story we see a world being born, so says Jesus can someone be reborn continually by the Spirit of God. They will become a new creation symbolized by the refreshing properties of water and the Spirit of God working in conjunction with it. We can't exactly say how this happens, Jesus suggests, any more than we can predict exactly where the wind is going to go, but we trust that it does happen. And if we are to experience that inward renewal that can happen for us all day by day, we'll know it's authentic by our attitudes and our actions. Are we continually being born anew? Is it happening for us every day? When we open ourselves to the guiding presence of the Holy Spirit, and when we seek an authentic first-hand relationship with Christ, we can trust that it will 